You are listening to Big Trouble in Little Podcast. And here are your hosts, Joe Dove and Andy. Welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast. I am Joe Dubs. I am Andy. This is episode 72, and it's going to be a double feature because I was sick last week, and I we're going to do two movies in one because we're cool like that. Right, Andy? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Before we get into this, and Andy, what the hell have you been watching? Um, let's see. When uh, this was two weeks ago, uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it that well. Conflagration, you know, like when something catches fire. Uh, a Japanese movie from 1958, uh, extremely good, based on a novel I've read. Uh, Cheech and Chong Up in Smoke, everyone knows what that is. The Rocketeer, which I'd never seen, that movie's really good. Um, Bonnie and Clyde, I watched Caddyshack. Later, I watched Caddyshack 2. Caddyshack 2 is garbage, I hate that movie. Um, yeah. Night of the Comet, which I can't say enough good things about. That movie kicks ass. Uh, you can watch it for free on something. Do a Google search. I think it's Tubi or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's free on there with just like two commercial breaks. Great movie. Um, it inspired Buffy the Vampire Slayer and a bunch of other stuff. It's about, it's like the end of the world, sort of. It's interesting. Uh, watch the Blues Brothers. Watch Scarface. Days of Thunder and uh, the 40-Year-Old Virgin. Nice. So I- all over the place. And I watched uh, some shit, too, uh, surprisingly. I want to mention, there is an app that you can get on your phone and on smart TVs called Pluto TV. We're not sponsored by them, by the way. But um, they stream, like, a bunch of movies. They do, like, TV shows where, like, (laughs) if you love Dog the Bounty Hunter, they have, like, 24-7 Dog the Bounty Hunter. Uh, They also have a lot of, like, cold cases like detective shit and stuff it's pretty cool i mean there is commercial breaks and stuff but like hey it's movies and shit the commercials are like at least a minute and a half long so it's not like it's killing you but then again you know advertisements suck anyway but what i watch on netflix was extremely wicked shockingly evil and vile it's the ted bundy film of which zach efron played as ted bundy uh and then they had john malkovich as the, the the judge in that uh one of the guys from um big bang theory the one the smart ass one the the one that's always like you know saying equations and shit i don't know i don't watch that show but i know he says bazinga a lot <laughs> Uh, and then there was another one that, uh, oh, the the kid from uh, Sixth Sense, you know, I See Dead People, he's in it. <laughs> so, so that was pretty cool. Um, then I watched Designated Survivor uh, Season 3 on Netflix, which uh, it used to be on TV, but then it got canceled and then Netflix picked it up. It's a pretty good film. I recommend it. I mean, a good TV show. I recommend it. 
But then I watched all the Cube movies, which was on Pluto TV, by the way. Have you watched all the Cube movies? No, I haven't seen one of them. Oh my god, you need to watch it. I think you would like it. It's it's really cheesy, it's stupid at times, but like it's a good sci-fi flick. It, it keeps your attention. Have you watched Hackers, though? Uh, I saw it, like, a long time ago. Hack the planet. <laughs> um, fucking... It's the ideal of a 90s movie, is Hackers. It has Angelina Jolie, and I don't know the rest of the cast. <laughs> That's the only person I know that was, like, successful out of that, that, that movie. Uh, then I watched Jake Gyllenhaal's Donnie Darko. That's, a, that's another goodie right there. Um, then I watched the 90s Spider-Man, Spy- Spider-Man, Spider-Man cartoon show. Then I watched another Jake Gyllenhaal, and it had Robert Downey Jr. and the guy that plays Hulk, Mike Ruffalo, in the Zodiac movie, which is really good. a good movie. Yeah, I actually bought the book uh, that Robert Graysmith wrote, uh, which was portrayed by uh, J- Jake Gyllenhaal. And then because of the... Uh, Monday Night Raw re- reunion where it had Hulk Hogan, brother. Uh, I watched his TV show, Thunder in Paradise. Because <laughs> uh, I was bored. And I hate that TV show. I'm never watching it again. But that's what I've been watching. Um, I, I promised you guys that I'll be watching more movies and TV shows. And I, I've, ha- I've done it. I, I should get a gold star. What do you think about that, Andy? I don't know. I don't know about any of these. I mean, there was a couple of good ones. Donnie Darko, Zodiac, and Hackers. I mean, I consider that a goodie. I really like Donnie Darko. That, Which of these were you watching for the first time? How about that? Um, uh, Extremely Wicked, uh, the Ted Bunny film. I'm not saying that long as title. And Thunder in Paradise, because I've never seen Thunder in Paradise. Okay, that's not that bad. Yep. I guess you get a silver star. Silver stars in second place, cool. That means Andy gets first place. Because he's the he's the master of watching a lot of movies. I know how to sit for two hours and look at a screen, it's true. <laughs> Alright, let's move on to our do do double feature. Um last week we were gonna do a show, but then I got sick and we were supposed to wa- uh kinda talk about Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Um, I, right off the bat, I, I want to say this is probably the worst Star Trek movie I ever saw in my entire life. But then That's because it's the worst Star Trek movie that exists, arguably. And it's directed by uh, William Shatner. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, uh, Leonard Nimoy directed several of the previous movies. So Shatner was like, oh, I want to try. And mm-hmm. then he did. And they were like, you're not doing this anymore. And that's good. I mean, what I really liked about this movie, um, when it always involved William Shatner, McCoy, and Spock, and especially the beginning where, you know, they're talking about row, row, row your boat and all that stuff. That scene is fucking unbearable. Really? Oh, I hate that scene when there's, like, when they're just talking about, oh, this is an ancient recipe. It's got bourbon in it. Ha ha ha. That's fine. But when they start singing, it's so cringy. I hate it. Oh, my God. We're actually opposites on this. I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice, you know, touch away from 
space exploration and all that stuff and they're just I mean like... yeah that, I, I like the fact that they're camping I like the fact that you know most of the conversations they have are novel and interesting entertaining but why are they doing that did when you go camping do you sing around the campfire I mean when I was little you know the little camps yeah good. like children when you go to like you know Cub Scout camp but it's, I don't I hated it <laughs> I, I will tell you what I do hate is that William Shatner is climbing a mountain, El Capitan, and... A real mountain. Yeah. And it seems so... It, it feels like William Shatner put that in there and be like, oh, I'm a macho man, I could climb this mountain, kind of thing. I mean, it's clearly a stuntman in all those shots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he did it, but he's, like, portraying his character, which, obviously, uh, Kirk is a badass and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Kirk's great, but there's a lot of stuff. No, you're completely right about that. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that's like, like when they were writing it and then filming it, he does a lot of stuff to make Kirk seem super great. And it's like, oh, I want to fight a cat girl. So there's a weird scene where he fights a cat girl and mm -hmm. climbing the mountain stuff. But in the other movies, it's not like Spock was blown up because Leonard Nimoy was directing. If anything, he was in them less because in one of the movies he was dead and then in the other one, he's just like kind of in it, but he's kind of the foil for the comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, the 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 plot is—I didn't really like the plot at all. I mean, even when the payoff at the end, where like it does like, is it you know, is it God? And then it's like, nope, we're <laughs> just another alien race. Um, what does God need with a starship? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Cybok, which apparently is like the half brother of Spock, um, he had a uh, premonition from this god figure thing that they need to get a uh, a starship and go there and all that stuff. So he kind of mind controls them, kind of thing. Um, yeah, they never. That bothers me, that whole movie. I mean, I hate the movie anyway because the plot's stupid and, the, and, you know, there's lots of other terrible stuff. By mm -hmm. the way, I hate the soundtrack too. But I never – they don't explain that. It's like, oh, it's not mind control. I just free you from your pain. Okay, well, then why are all these people helping you like they're mind controlled? It, it's never explained, and I hate that. And they try to explain it away with that one line. Oh, it's not mind controlled. William... He's lying to you. It's mind control. It's ah, oh, goddamn it! It's annoying. Is William Shatner a religious man? I don't reckon so. No, because uh, I mean, or maybe he's anti-religious because uh, Cybok, you know, them following him like he's somewhat of a Jesus figure in a way. Cause... I don't think there's that's something else. Is like Star Trek always seemed to be like it's the far future, and like you know. They've gotten, they haven't gotten rid of racism or anything, but like the, as far as, as earth goes, everyone is unified and stuff. And it's just like religion never played into it. Cause it seems like religion is like an anachronism. It seems like passe. I don't want to insult anyone who's religious, but I just, I don't see religion existing in the year 2400 or whatever. Mm -hmm. So then they write this plot where they're looking for God. And he, he mentions, you know, all the religions and all the other planets and that's, interesting but it's just i don't it seems so dumb it seems like something they should have been spitballing and someone should have said ah no it's stupid we're not doing that like just right off the bat but someone wrote it and then they filmed it and then yep. they released it 
Um, I will say I do like the actor who plays Cybok. I thought he did pretty good. Yeah, he actually is really good. Lawrence something. Lawrence L- L- Lucky Bill. Bill. Yeah. Luck in Bill. I knew it was a weird name like that. Yeah, and I guess in the TV show we find out about Cybok or something that he's a half-brother. Uh, again, I didn't watch the show, so I have no idea. But apparently there was history. Oh, he was in the show? I didn't know that. No, I, no, I, I don't know. I'm, ju- I'm guessing. I'm assuming since they said that. Oh, no, I doubt it. I mean, in the movie, he's like, you never said you had a brother. He said, well, you didn't ask. <laughs> I love Spock's, uh, like, smart-ass remarks and stuff. Like, that's the human side that I think that comes out. The half-human of him. Um, it felt really mad maxi in the town area. Mm-hmm. It felt a little dunderthome. Uh, I, I, I messaged you this. I was like, did they watch Mad Max Thunderthome and they were just like, we need to make this in our film somehow? It was just stupid, and then there was a like a drunken Klingon, and there was a, um, I guess a Romulan. Yeah, a Romulan. I heard, by the way, the budget in this movie was so terrible that they couldn't afford uh, ears for that Romulan, so they had to cover it up. <laughs> That's weird. That is weird. It seems like it's something they would just have because there had been Romulans in other movies. Or why not just like borrow ears that you know people are not using at the moment? <laughs> there's, a, there's a Romulan in six. They've got the ears on. Mm-hmm. I guess I I wish I read up history on this film a little bit because maybe they didn't want to make this film. Maybe Shatner was like pushing for it. I did hear that Shatner wanted this movie to be like two hours long and like the the production company is like we need to cut this down and he's like how long was it it was like an hour and 47 minutes 47 yeah you're right i watched the director's cut by the way which had like two extra minutes but i don't know which (laughs) i watched whatever was on amazon prime i don't know yeah but uh you know cyborg goes to these like three people and i don't know what the third guy was was he just like a random person from earth yeah yeah he was he was from the federation yeah so like he he uh mind controls him into getting you know the starship there and then kirk gets there and they take over the ship and i i thought the takeover was stupid too where you know he he, you know talks to zulu and ahura and like their mind It, it kind of felt like they tried to recreate what Khan did with the creature in the ear kind of thing. Sort of. Yeah. And it totally failed. And there was... This, no- both this and Six have that going on. They try to, like, recreate elements of the other movies to varying effects. Mm-hmm. Effectiveness, I guess I should say. But Well, I think Six did a way better job, but we'll get to oh, that soon. Oh, yeah, six, six kicks ass, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait. Um... McCoy is always... I think McCoy is probably the only character in every film that does well. That he hits all his notes really yeah, good. Bones, Bones is the best. He's the best one. I'm trying to think if there's like a memorable scene in this film. I mean... Not it, really. Like I, I think he was only in this movie because he had to be. There's no reason for him to be there. He doesn't contribute anything. And he's not... He doesn't play large in any... Roles. That's another one of this movie's failings. Is all the good Star Trek movies, for the most parts, 
for the most part, not entirely. All the characters kind of have something to do. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets to shine at least in one scene. This movie doesn't really do that. I think everyone's in it just because they had to be. Um, my God. Oh, the one scene that I really fucking hated, but I kind of, Star Trek does these like weird, uh, like jokingly scenes where Scotty's like, "I know this shit by heart," and he hits the top of the thing. Yeah, but then it it's like a story thing because it actually knocked him out so they could capture him. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's that's dumb. And the uh, the prison break was really stupid, in my opinion. That's pretty much the, the when he hit his head is after the, the prison break. Yeah. Where, you know, they're doing, is that Morse code? And they like, he says, stay back. And then they blow it up and everything. And then when they finally, like, again, nothing memorable about this film. Pretty much Cybok, you know, mind controls, gets the ship. And then that's where they go. And then when they get to this God figure, it, it, that scene reminded me of, Wizard of Oz, by the way, did you get that uh, feeling too? Yeah, I'm sure that was that was a conscious decision on their part. Like there's a man behind the curtain kind of thing. Um, there wasn't a curtain or a man behind it. No, it was just like, we have many faces. I'm like, okay. By the way, do they mention that in any of the series, this like fake God thing? No, of course not. No, okay. <laughs> Thank God. I mean, not not as far as I know. I haven't watched Voyager, but I hope they don't mention it. <laughs> and uh, or the new series Discovery. Yeah. So Cyborg, you know, having like a a Noah's Ark or a, Mo- a Moses kind of thing. He's like, I've you know brought this starship and these people. What's my next move? And like, he's like, bring me your starship. And then that's when the famous line of William Shatner is like, What does a god need with a starship? What does God need with a starship? Yeah. And then that's the twist. There is no God. (laughs) Oh, and I don't understand the scene where, you know, Cybok, you know, gets McCoy, uh, gets Spock, but can't get William Shatner, by the way. You can't. No one understands that scene. Because, like,. Uh, that's another scene I think William Shatner put in there. Probably it's like, well, you, I'm strong enough. You can't mind control me and do that shit. Oh my god, oh my god! I have to admit, there's some decent acting from Shatner in that scene where he's like, "No, I need my pain," that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, it, he does, he, you know, he emotes. He he does an act. I'll give it to him. I'll credit where credit's due. He, he does a good job in that scene. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. That scene's ridiculous, like as far as the story goes, but. Uh, Shatner. Shatner wasn't like sitting around doing nothing. He he was trying in this movie. A lot of people I've been reading on uh, or watch YouTube videos of reviews and stuff uh, saying that this was like one of his worst uh, Star Trek films, like where he acts. I'm like, he kind of acted like that through all. The yeah, films. I mean, he's not good the whole way through, but there's a few times where yeah, he he's 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 Kirk. He's doing it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. Everyone else does an okay job. I just don't feel like... Obviously, it's impossible for me to know this. I've never met any of these actors or actresses, but it feels like everyone who was making this movie was like, this isn't going to be a good movie. So they didn't like do it that well. Mm-hmm. 
What did what did you like about this film? Um, <laughs> it's a hard question. I could tell. <laughs> yeah, I just I really hate this movie. Uh, God damn it! There's got to be something. There's got to be something. I like the idea of paradise. Like it's a planet in the neutral zone that the Romulans, Klingons, and Federation all co-manage. Mm-hmm. But in the first scene, they just like shit on that. Like they're like, "Oh, it didn't work. This place is a hellhole. I hate it." Arr. Um. Yeah, uh, Lawrence Luckenbill did a good job as Cyborg, even though the character's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, there's a few moments where uh, Nimoy and Shatner give good performances. I that's pretty much all I'm getting. Like I, like I said, I don't like the soundtrack. I don't like um most of the settings like all the settings in this movie are super boring they're just rooms on earth a desert planet inside the enterprise and a poorly lit planet so there's nothing interesting to look at in this movie um costume design is even boring which the only reason i bring that up is because i love the costume design in the undiscovered country but we'll get to that I don't know. This, this movie is just it's a waste of time. I can't believe that the series made it past this huge failure. I wonder if it made any money. Do you have that up? Um, box office. Uh, their budget was twenty seven million eight hundred dollars. Uh, they made fifty two million two hundred ten dollars. So they they made money back. Yeah. But I, I heard pretty much after the first week because the first week is when they did good, and then it just you know fizzled out, and then you know got fucking wrecked in the uh, ratings and shit. Womp womp came out in eighty nine, right? Yep, because the next one is in ninety one. Yeah, so this it would have been opening. Maybe not alongside, but it would have been competing against Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Batman, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think The Little Mermaid came out in 89. It was 89 or 90. Um, and other stuff, I think. There might have been a Back to the Future movie that year, I think. Yeah, well, yeah. So if it wasn't for the Star Trek name, I don't think they'd have made that money. No, they would have probably got wrecked. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a meta score of 43, so <laughs> that says it all right there. And I, I higher than I ranked it. I totally do not recommend this Star Trek film. Oh, absolutely not. Honestly, the only reason I watch this movie is so that you have seen all of the original crew movies. Mm-hmm. I guess you could watch it once. Just make sure you've got a drink or something. Watch it with friends. But you know. Honestly, if you watched one, two, three, four, and then skipped and went straight to six, you wouldn't miss anything. You'd be fine. Yeah. All right, let's get into our ratings area. Um, it looks like me and you have the same idea. Yeah, it's at, it's at the bottom. It's yeah. the bad one. Yep. Number six, the final frontier. All right. So let's move on to pr- probably uh, another good Star Trek movie. Oh, not probably. I love this movie. Um, Undiscovered Country is really good. It's not quite, I'll say it up front, because I've already spoiled, I really like this movie. I think it's the second best one. It's not quite as good as Wrath of Khan, 
but in parts it is. I think the first act of this movie, like just when it's um, uh, Praxis has exploded, um, the Klingons are reaching out, there's all this interesting stuff. Uh, we, they need saved, let them die. I love that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything up to when um, Bones and Kirk are arrested, the first act, I guess, is great. It's arguably better, better than Wrath of Khan. I love all of that. Once they finally get to, um, I can't remember the name of it, the, the, the penal colony, the movie slows down. It's okay, but oh, when they're when they in the prison... The... Yeah, I get I get a little bored at that scene, and there's less interesting. Like they're searching the ship, trying to find the gravity boots, and it's it is interesting, but it, it starts to feel less like one of the best ones. And it, it the movie ends pretty big once they have to race to where the conference is taking place. But it's such a shame because the first act in this movie is like one of the best. 40 minutes of original Star Trek, in my opinion. I really like it. And this movie is on its face, a really obvious. I mean, this movie came out in 91, right? Mm-hmm. So the Soviet Union had just like fallen, the, the wall came down. It's really obvious what they're trying to do, like a parallel with. Right and up. I guess, I guess there's an argument between like the screenwriter and director and Leonard Nimoy whose idea that was, but whatever. Right off the bat, I want to say Christopher Plummer as Chang. Loved it. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's excellent. The whole... I felt like every other Star Trek film, you you don't have a villain in a way. And there were many villains in this film. Yeah, they got it right this time. They were like, look, there's a huge conspiracy. All these people are bad. They're all over the place. Mm Mm-hmm. So like when you when you find out that what that um oh what was her name King Control when you find out that she's a bad guy that's that's still a, it's still a little bit surprising like I knew she was but even watching the movie this time it's like you don't even see it coming mm. it's really cool and it's really I'm guessing she put up those two Federation people to put on those suits and go and assassinate uh. Gorkin. That's what's implied. I guess she was like, "Oh, these idiots are racists. I'll make them do my dirty work." Mm-hmm. I guess. I don't, I don't know. It, well, they kind of they kind of like alluded to it when uh they were in a transportation room when all the Klingons came, you know, for dinner and yeah. they were there and she's like, "Get to work." And she had that like yeah, a wh- smile a little bit. Yeah, it just it makes more sense if it was something that was planned in advance. Like, why would she come that far and not know how she was going to assassinate Chancellor Gorkon? Well, I, I didn't even know Kurtwood Smith was the president. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting um, appearances in this. Christian Slater's in this movie in a bit part. He got paid seven hundred and fifty dollars for his part in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that was. I guess that was like a, a lot of money in the nineties. I guess for like a scene, a minute scene. I guess I think uh, his. I want to say mother, someone, someone in his immediate family was like the casting director or something. So she got him a part. He's a uh, he's part of Sulu's group. Yeah, he goes. Uh, you know something about the Enterprise, and you know Zulu's like 
I didn't hear anything. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> you have a hearing problem, mister? Get out of here. Kick your ass, boy. Um, But I really... It had a lot of, like, good things in it. It felt like a Bond movie in a way, a little bit. It felt like a... Uh, yeah. Like a Jason Bourne kind of thing. Remember in Jason Bourne where... Uh, there's like a sniper and the nest or something and he's trying to shoot somebody. yeah it's not quite as like actiony as either of those but it has that political cold war slant to it and i think i think that's what appeals to me about this movies i love movies like you know like the bond movies but i also like the spy that came in from the cold and stuff like that mm-hmm. so other people might disagree when i say that this is the second best star trek movie and quite nearly the best but it's just it's so interesting when they apply that mold and they they do other things that I noticed this time that I'd never noticed before is when they're talking about the starships, they start using intentionally more nautical terms to kind of like, you know, you might not have noticed, but your brain did kind of things. They say, oh, if she's out there, she's rigged for silent running when they're talking about the bird of prey that's cloaked. And it's like that's a term for like, oh, we're looking for a submarine. And you can see that in a Cold War movie. It's like they're they're the cruiser, the battleship, or whatever, and there's a submarine out in these waters somewhere, and they have to find it because it's, you know, it's it's threatening something. And they they say stuff like, um, "We'll make sure that your ship to shore communications are jammed." Mm-hmm. Well, what does that have to do with space communications? Obviously, it's just an antiquated term that they have adapted in the Federation, and we know what it means. We know that they're saying, "Oh, if you try to contact Earth, it's going to be jammed." But it's just subtle little things like that that also like make your brain more in like a Cold War mindset. Mm. Oh, it's so cool. They, they, I, just little, all those details add up. I really like when, uh, you know. By the way, what was Spock doing with that other Vulcan? Uh, was he like passing the torch to her? Like this is going to be your job now, kind of thing. Yeah, he says. This will be my last voyage aboard Enterprise. I want you to take my place, pretty much. Yeah. And then when, you know, you find out about the conspiracy and all that stuff, he like he he shows emotion. Like the the half human side of him came out. He's like, You you bitch. <laughs> like you you I was gonna give you you know, my job and stuff and I put trust into you and you betrayed me. And uh I thought that was a good scene. Um, I really loved how they set up this film. Like, oh, we're we're doing peace talk, kind of like again with the uh, Cold War going on, trying to find peace between America and Russia. And there's a dog barking, uh, because my dog likes to bark. Sorry about that. Um, but like the Klingons are coming to the table, and you know, it's going to be a big thing. But there's people that don't want that to happen. And, you know, you have the Romulans, you have the some Federation people, and then you have that one Vulcan uh, person who do a, uh, assassinate the Chancellor of uh, the Klingons. And I, by the way, that assassination scene, I loved it. I don't know about you. Oh, where they, they go on board the, the Kronos or whatever? Yeah, with the gravity boots. Yeah, yeah, there's, like, I want to be like, Oh, some of the special effects didn't age that well, but mm-hmm. I think that's just what Klingon blood looks like. I think that those special effects aged incredibly well. By the way, the special effects in this movie are done by Industrial Light and Magic of Lucasfilm, which is interesting. 
<laughs> that, that that's a weird crossover. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So the acting was really well, and everybody had a part in this film. It, mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't like in the last film where you're just like, "I'm Shatner. I'm the badass. Like, I'm gonna be the hero in this one." Uh. Oh. The shapeshifter. What'd you think about her, by the way, or whatever oh. he was? Because you never know who's the final form. <laughs> um, I it's kind of stupid. I I don't know. It's interesting. It's like, oh look, a hot lady. Lol, awesome. I guess mm-hmm. it's an interesting premise, but they don't do anything with it. Like in a movie about assassination and stuff, I feel like you could have had more fun with the concept of a shapeshifter. And Deep Space Nine does that a lot with the founders because all of the founders are like perfect shapeshifters instead of like she can only be certain things or no that's not true mm-hmm. i don't know they they don't do much with it like i said i feel like that's the weak part of the movie is when they're in uh, something pente i'm gonna remember it eventually and uh that character is interesting but i i could take her leave her yeah or i mean i didn't really mind her and then like the payoff was like oh i was paid oh and chang was another part of that conspiracy by the way oh of course yes um where chang pretty much paid her like she was gonna get a full pardon or something like that if you know they caught them escaping so that they can kill them um as far as like stupid sci-fi television show saturday morning cartoon writing goes it's it's kind of like oh these these people conspired it's a big conspiracy there's bad guys everywhere but it's interesting to think about too because there's like an under it's kind of poetic in a way that the organization that wants to stop peace between the federation and the klingon empire is comprised both of federation people and people from the klingon empire Mm -hmm. like no one no one blatantly states it in the movie. It's just kind of there for you to enjoy on your own. But it, it had to be a union between those two peoples to stop a union between those two peoples. I mean, the, um, the, the, the uh, not Vulcan, um, the Romulan ambassador was involved as well, which, of course, the Romulans wouldn't want peace between the Klingons and the Federation. That's bad for them. But it's, I don't know, it's, it's that, that as well is interesting. I had a lot of fun thinking about that on this last watch through as well. You know what I thought was going to happen? I thought that Sarek, uh, Spock's father, was going to be part of it in a way. And I th- I think that would have been a good, uh, like, fuck you <laughs> to, to Spock. That would have been interesting, but why would he be interested in that? True. I mean, he, he has, like, all the other characters have a clear motivation for it, except maybe Kim Cattrall. I don't understand what she's getting out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they say either, do they? I don't know. It, it's clear what um, the general wants. It's clear um, what's his name, Cartwright, um, the 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 admiral. He's just a racist, obviously, which is weird because he's been in the other movies and was like, never a bad guy. And then in Star Trek Six, they're like, "Ah, eh, this character's a bad guy now." <laughs> it, pretty interesting because you've seen him in the other movies, and you would think, you know, you, oh, he's he it couldn't be him. He was in the other movies, and then. Um, Obviously, like I said, the Romulan doesn't want peace between them because then they're a more powerful force for the Romulans to be against as well. Mm-hmm. Which is what's happening in Next Generation. I need to rewatch Next Generation. Thank God it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. I'm going to go through that shit. Uh, but the reason why I don't like Sarek because of Laris, I was like, maybe there's some type of fuck, 
fucking conspiracy with all the races and stuff with all that crap. But you know, it's maybe I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you. I think it it would be interesting just because of a mind fuck would be. But the more you think about it, the more you're like that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love the trial scene. I think the trial scene was good. Uh, yeah, the trial scene is really good. It's also got uh, what's his name, Michael Dorn. Mm-hmm. He would later play Worf. He is their public defendant, which I think it's referenced in Next Generation. He's like, oh, my father was a public defender or something like that. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong about that. I really love that even though they got treated badly in the trial and unfairly, uh, but I love that they have a a, a public defendant. <laughs> like, there's due process, like, in America. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, the similarities between it and the U.S. justice system. Not even the Federation justice system, just the way that we perceive the justice system in the United States of the year 1989 or 91 i mean to say but yeah whatever it it works everyone understands everyone has seen a court drama speaking of court dramas in that same scene uh, this is minor but they um they when they zoom in on um the general speaking and it like switches to english Mm -hmm. they take that from uh judgment at nuremberg that happens in that movie which by the way is a masterpiece and everyone should watch it but whatever sorry i digress (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think what else I really like. Oh, the dinner scene was fucking funny. <laughs> I love the dinner scene. Honestly, I wish it was longer. Like I said, the first act is my favorite, and I feel like they left a lot. Of, no, no pun intended. They left a lot on the table with that scene. That scene could have gone on a lot longer. And I really loved the like the transition of Kirk, where in the beginning he was like, "Let him die," and you know, I like that a lot. Yeah, like he's he's clearly prejudiced. And he's angry because Klingons killed his son, David. And he's, there's, it's such a poignant character arc for him. And his Spock, like, volunteers him. <laughs> I mean, it is a dick move. He's like, I vouched on your behalf. And he's like, you did what? <laughs> Fuck him, let him die. Yeah. Whoa, the, settle down. We got to let him die. And then, you know, he was in his quarters where he's like, you know, they killed my son. And that guy. I've used, never forgiven them. Yeah. For the death of my son. Then that got used because, you know, uh, Valeris uh, was That's there. That's her name. Yeah, she freaking, you know, videotaped them or audio recorded or stole the, the captain's log and all that stuff. Yeah. And gave to the Klingon, uh, you know, for the, the, the trial and shit. And then when they start piecing that together, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And even when she got revealed, like... I kind of knew it was going that way, just based how she was in front of, you know, Kirk's quarters and stuff. And even the boot, like, she planted it on the other guys, and then they were dead, pretty much, or stunned. Did they die, by the way, or just stunned? Uh, Yeah, they were dead. Like, the announcement was a red herring to try to get the the conspirators to reveal themselves, and then she did all mm-hmm. It was nice of her to plant the boots somewhere where the person wouldn't be incriminated. I thought that was a weirdly nice touch. <laughs> <laughs> and I love when she shot, like, she said, you know, if there was vaporizing, you know, the alarm would go off and, like, everybody came <laughs> to the kitchen area. Like, who shot that? It was like, stand down, everybody, stand down. Um, yeah. 
I there I I'm trying to think of a bad t- like what didn't you like about the film because I can't find one right now. It just slows down when they're in prison, and honestly, it's not even bad. I don't hate those scenes. I just feel like they don't match the the pace and quality of the first and third acts. That's all. That's all I have. It's not lit great. Um, it's just kind of like they show up and a big guy harasses Kirk and they come back and he's fighting a blue guy and it doesn't establish much. It's just an interesting fight that the stunt work isn't great in. Oh, the part where Kirk falls on the fire, I guess William Shatner actually did that stunt. So, you know, kudos to him. <laughs> um, but that that's pretty much it. It just slows down in that second act and I want to see more of the first act. And I don't know, that's kind of it, honestly. Uh, the soundtrack in this movie is really good. It's not brilliant, but it's really good. It fits really well. I love all the stuff about uh, Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're trying to ape off of um, uh, Khan being well-versed in the classics because he's always talking about Moby Dick and stuff like that. But this is better, and the Klingons have that weird thing where they say that William Shakespeare was Klingon. I love that. That's really interesting. To be or not to be. But yeah, they quote they quote from like Julius Caesar, Merchant of Venice, The Tempest, um, I, Hamlet, obviously. And some other stuff that I already forgot. Oh, uh, Henry V, Once More Into the Reach, etc. Um, well, let's go back to that uh, prison scene. If, you know, that person never got like, you know, uh, paid to, you know, try to break out Kirk and McCoy and then, you know, get that full pardon. Do you think they would somehow find an escape? Because I don't think so. No, probably not. So, uh... Not in time, anyway. I mean, but that's 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 what you... I mean, you're supposed to be like, I don't know how they're going to find a way out of this. Then they do. Mm-hmm. That's why it's telling for the audience. Then it's like a double turn. You're like, oh, I was did this on purpose so you can get killed. And I would be free. And I'm like, kind of lame a little bit, but it is what it is. It kind of moved the story along. Yeah. I kind of have to agree with you. That's the only part where I just didn't really care. Um, The other parts I really fucking loved. Yeah. The the music was great. And this one, not compared to Final Frontier. Hmm. I do love when uh, they shoot on the Klingon ship when they find out where it's cloaked. Fire where that explosion's happening. <laughs> yeah, f- f- fire on that explosion. That part is pretty, it's thrilling, it's fun. Because mm-hmm. now it's like, fuck it, we got them. And, uh, you know, seeing the two ships, you know, having that, uh, you know, them being the two ships and the Klingon being the submarine, kind of like, you know, in Cold War kind of stuff going on. I really love that. And uh, I do like the attempted assassin scene where (laughs) uh, Scotty shoots the, uh, and I'm doing quotation marks, the Klingon, but then you find out it was a Federation person. (laughs) So they, so you have Chang that is like conspiring with these people so that, you know, there would still be war, I guess. And a federation dressing up as a Klingon, so the Klingons will still get the hate <laughs> on on shooting the president. Because that yeah. that's that's why why have a you know a disguise of a Klingon? You know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't 
I don't I don't know. I, I guess in case he's spotted, but that implies that they thought he'd get away, but he would be seen, but not captured. I, I don't get it. Yeah, but again, like, that would have the Klingons being the heels. <laughs> Maybe he was supposed to lean out and be like, you know, Six Emperor Tyrannus or something like that, and then he would be beamed out, maybe? Or what, do like a President Lincoln assassination and like jump from the top and break his leg? That's what I'm referencing, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, d I highly recommend this film. Yeah, this one kicks ass. Now, technically, there is a line of thinking that the final movie with the original crew is Star Trek Seven Generations, mm -hmm. but they're wrong. I'm just going to lay it on the line. Those people are wrong. There's people from these movies in it, but not all of them. And it's not about them. It's about the Next Generation crew. So, no, we're not doing that one in this, this go-round. Yeah, so this is the final Star Trek film uh, for this round, actually. Uh, with the original crew um next week's episode we will be doing kind of a final list on how we did with the planet of the ace but i'm looking at our list right now there's only a couple that we need to debate like so far we've been oh we need to rank our uh undiscovered country which is we both have them at the two spot yeah yeah it just barely doesn't edge out wrath the classic mm -hmm. i actually had a debate about that because i really enjoyed undiscovered country but i felt like wrath Khan just had a better storytelling and a better villain in my opinion yeah it's got a unified villain the villain's got a face the whole movie mm -hmm. he really seems more like clever and and unstoppable because he's you know, smart and strong yep yeah it looks like in the middle area where you know three four and five we really need to discuss that's gonna be next week's episode and then we'll announce what we'll be doing next on there um but before we sign off let's do that news that matter to us um san diego comic-con happened i believe last weekend Oof. and um it started off slow like it talked about terminator and it's like hey look we have furlong john connor coming back from terminator 2 i'm like oh how long is he gonna be in that scene i actually have a theory that he's gonna be in the movie <laughs> in the beginning and they're gonna do like a twist be like oh the time is changing now like they're gonna kill john connor and there's gonna be somebody new and it's probably gonna be a female because that's their uh focus right now in hollywood what studio makes the terminator movies Oh, I don't... Uh, IFC? What? Oh, let me go. I'm looking at Terminator. Terminator, Dark Fate. Director Tim Miller. God, is where... it like Paramount? Is it Warner? Is it... I think those were the same thing. I don't, I don't even know studio structure anymore. Yeah, I'm looking for it. Uh, do, 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 do. Company credits, Paramount Pictures. Okay, Paramount, yeah. Yeah. 20th Century Fox, Skydance Media, whatever. But yeah, they kind of did that, and it, it's going to be an R rating. I'm like, I guess it's cool that it's going to be R rated, because we haven't had an R rated Terminator film in a long time. Hmm. Uh, then Top Gun, Maverick. Uh, it released a trailer, and 
I like it. I I, I think it's going to be exact exact copy of Top Gun <laughs> 1. Uh just with like new people in it. Uh I I just really love jet planes and I love Tom Cruise. <laughs> Uh, what you, would you think of the trailer? Uh, it seemed pretty cool. It seemed exciting, I guess. I'm anxious to see more, but it really just seemed like a bunch of like serious, um, oh, you like flying so much, you fly boy. You like to fly, don't you? You, you, you'll never, you star, haven't been promoted. Yeah. You, you should have been a true star. Or, 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 I guess I, that's the mystery. And then uh, it was that Ed, um, fuck, what is his name? Yeah, never mind. I'm, I'm not going to there i'm not doing imdb um kevin smith movie jane silent bob uh they're coming out with a new movie it's called jane silent bob reboot uh pretty much every kevin smith movie like mall rats and uh chasing amy and jane silent bob like they're gonna have all the characters in this film uh there's weed jokes there's you know poo poo and pee pee jokes it's you know kevin smith and I don't know what to think because I his humor I don't really care for. I don't I don't know how, what you think about Kevin Smith. The anime. I used to love Kevin Smith. I I really did, and I used to think all the movies he made were great. And he kept making movies, and I kept thinking, okay, except this one. Okay, well, except this one and the other one. Well, except for these. I don't care for this one either. I just, I love Clerks. Clerks is a great movie. I love Mallrats. I love Dogma. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, but I think that's it. I uh, I don't know if he can do it anymore. I don't know. I like an evening with Kevin Smith and Evening Harder. They're they're both funny. He's he's a funny guy. Yeah, I, I don't know if he makes movies I like anymore. I think I, his podcasts are good, and his comic book men show is is good. But I don't know, just like stop with these characters. Like it's not the '90s anymore. There's a, there's a huge audience for this movie. I mean, this movie is going to do well. I guarantee it. There's a ton of people who still want to see more uh, Jay and Silent Bob. So I understand why this movie's happening, and I like I like the joke. It's called reboot, but it's not a reboot. It's about in real. It's about in the movie universe. They're rebooting those characters, mm-hmm. and they're getting involved for some reason in the same way that they did when they struck back. And it's a funny premise, I guess. I, I'm not saying oh this movie's stupid. I'll never see it. I might go see it, but. I don't know. I don't know what to think about Kevin Smith and his writing and characters anymore. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, but moving on, because there's really nothing to talk about until we get into Marvel. And uh, they announced Phase 4. Which looks really well. And they're, you know, they're bringing out the... They're doing a lot of Disney Plus stuff. Like, there's going to be a Loki TV show. Yeah, there was like three TV shows or something. Yeah, they're going to have this uh, What If animated show, which I'm kind of... And if I remember correctly, the What If comics is like, you know, what if, you know... It's what it sounds like, yeah. What if Captain America never came to the future? What if Iron Man was a paraplegic? What if other stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really well... Um, what what really caught my eye was Blade. Now a lot of people are going. That's so cool. A lot of people are going. Oh, it's just going to be a PG thirteen Blade. I don't think so. I mean, Disney does do some R rated films, by the way. I don't think. Yeah, they do, but I don't know if they'll do that with Marvel. 
I don't know. I, I, I'm just excited. Uh, a lot of people are mad that Wesley Snipes isn't on there, but if anybody remembers, Wesley Snipes is running away from tax evasion. <laughs> so, I don't think you'll be seeing him. Maybe if they somehow get him in there, he'll be like a cameo. Be like, oh, I was a last blade or something. Um, That'd be neat. That'd be pretty cool. It's such a weird inclusion. I, it just seems like Blade would have been more suited for the the Netflix universe that isn't going to exist anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess there's a market for it because a lot of people are excited, but then there, there was a lot of people like, oh, there's no words with Snipes. I'm like... Boo-hoo. We don't... Why would you put somebody in there that's old? <laughs> I mean, unless you want an old storyline of uh, Blade and... Even when they do like the CGI change the age kind of thing, it, I don't like that. It looks weird, especially when they did it to Samuel Jackson in, in uh, Captain Marvel. Um, th- there's a uh, Doctor Strange movie coming out. Um, there's gonna be a Thor movie where Natalie Portman is gonna be the female Thor. And it's called Love and Thunder, which is hilarious and cool. And mm-hmm. it's got the same director as Ragnarok, which is a Big plus for me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like mad that I. I think Chris Hemsworth's gonna be in it, or for like, or something's gonna happen where you know Natalie Portman needs to be Thor. Um, and they kind of do set it up in a way in Endgame where she's on uh, Asgardian whatever place, and she's you know with the mother. Like something's gonna happen from there till now. And you got to think that Thor is with the Guardians of the Galaxy. So he's going to be doing something with them. So who knows? Uh, There's going to be, I think, was the Black Widow going to be a show or a movie? I think it's going to be a movie. I remember thinking it was going to be a show and then being surprised when it was going to be a movie instead. Or I might have that backwards. I don't know, whatever. But, uh, you know. It's not going to come out for more than a year, so who cares? Mm Mm-hmm. Then they have the uh, Eternals, I guess. I, Avengers are going to be a thing. And uh, I don't know. I'm excited for it. Uh, there's no Iron You noticed that, by the way. There's no Iron Man. There's no Captain America. So well, How could there be? Yeah, but, you know. Oh, wait. Yeah, they're going to have a, I heard, a Captain the the falcon and uh winter soldier thing yeah that's cool cool logo for it too but overall i'm really excited for phase four because it's different and disney disney plus i think has my money by the way i don't know i don't think it's gonna be different i think it's gonna be more the same but we'll see yep all right uh anything you're working on lately by the way nah um, you are going to be doing the Nemesis Project with me and Zach on uh, Resident Evil 4. Yeah, as soon as we get done recording, I gotta go try to finish up Resident Evil 4. I'm close. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I still need to do, like, the Ada Wong stuff. Uh, but me and, uh, me and Zach will talk about that if you don't want to do the Ada Wong mission. We'll see. Um, also... We still need to work. <laughs> we always say this every week, but we still need to, you know, come up with a thing for Escape from Side Quest. But that is going to be coming back soon. 
Uh, we came back for the E3 show, but we still need to come up with some type of format. I don't, I don't, I don't want it to be forced in any way. That That's why I'm, like, holding off. I want to do something that makes sense than just do it to do it. But if you want to listen to uh, Big Trouble Little Podcast or Escape from PsyQuest or the Nemesis Project, you can go to novnetwork.podbean.com. Uh, you could also go into Apple Podcasts, uh, since they don't have iTunes anymore, and search Nerd Review Network, or go on Spotify and search Nerd Review Network, or go to nerdreview.com, and you could see that there's a player there that you can play all our podcasts. But until next time, everybody, uh, I will see you on the next podcast, on whatever we do. Later, guys. Thanks for listening.